Hey there, it's Becca. It's episode 88 of the Little Z Sleep Podcast. You guys, this episode, I feel like we're two in a row for a little special edition here, but I actually, (laughs) I'm going to admit something to you guys. This is the first time I have ever recorded an episode on the wire. I had to bump my meeting with SlumberPod, and so we talked on Wednesday, December 18th, and this episode is coming live to you Thursday, December 19th. (laughs) So it's a little bit of a, um, gosh, it's not lacking in quality content, just, you know, quality audio, which is fine because I know you'll forgive me. You've been a faithful listener. <laughs> this is the third time I've had Slumber Pot on. And if you listened to my other episodes with them, you know why I asked them back. They are so fun to talk to. Katie and Lou of Slumber Pod are the co-founders, but they're also a mother-daughter team. So they absolutely fit the right discussion, talking about how to deal with family members or friends who may disagree with your child's sleep plan. It is something you might have come across, right? We've all said to a friend, hey, can I come over after nap time? Because I really need to put my baby down to sleep first. And they may have like rolled their eyes and may have said like, oh, so annoying, right? But you know the truth. You know that when you stick to a nap schedule, everything is so much better. So Katie, Lou, and I sat down to talk about this, and I hope you enjoy our conversation, especially Lou's grandmotherly advice. It is gold, you guys. Enjoy our conversation. Katie and Lou, thank you guys. This is, you are the third time back on the podcast, which is uh, now mm-hmm. we've beaten all records of any, any uh, recording <laughs> guests. That's exciting. Um, and of course, I had to have you guys on today for this particular episode talking about disagreements maybe amongst family or friends in your child's sleep plan because you're a mother-daughter team and we all know and love that. Um, So with Katie and Lou here, I wanted to just dive right in to talking about Katie's experience sleep training and how this maybe started a discussion in your family or leading into maybe stories of other people like looking looking at you, giving you the side eye. Did you get any pushback from sleep training? Tell us about your experience. Sure. Well, um, first, Becca, thank you so much for having us on again today. We always enjoy talking to you. Um, I have a six and a half year old girl and I have three and a half year old twins. And with my six and a half year old, my neighbor across the street read um, a book about sleep training and um, schedules and suggested that I consider it. And she had really good luck with a child who could go to sleep on their own and slept, you know, for 10 plus hours a night at three months old. And I thought, Hey, that is something I can get behind. So I, that, that particular um, book, the first time around was becoming baby wise. And I um, also read moms on call with the twins, similar um, programs about schedules and such. But I, um, I knew that it wasn't going to be easy but also really loved the idea of being able to sleep a lot myself because I require a lot of sleep. And I believe that healthy, happy moms are able to have healthier, happier children. It's like that analogy they use on the airplane that when you put on your face, you have to put on your face mask first before you can take care of your kids. So that was my mindset. 
But um, I really felt grateful that family was overall pretty supportive. Of course, we had friends who would stop by, especially older friends. And I remember one day with the twins, somebody saying like, oh, just let them fall asleep in my arms. Babies can sleep wherever. It'll be fine. And I thought, lady, like, it's not going to be fun for me in two hours when I want to be taking a nap and they're awake. And sure enough, it threw off their schedule for the rest of the day. So with, with having a structured schedule with babies, certainly you have to um, give up some things in order to be home and allow them to sleep in their cribs. But for me, that allowed us so much more freedom in terms of telling people when they could come over or planning times for play dates and was absolutely well worth it. Not to mention, we did get that sleep that we were thinking we would get starting at a young age. Yes. And especially with twins, you, I, I don't know cause I don't have twins. Uh, but I, I would imagine with twins, it is even more crucial that you just, you know, your plan, you stick to it and you run with it and you're consistent with it. Absolutely. Cause yeah. it, having kids that would have different schedules, it, there's just not time for that. No, not at all. So Lou, what was your, as, as the grandmother, and these were the first grandkids, right, for you? That's right. Okay, yeah. so. Um, so I knew times had changed, and I had babies that all had what I thought was nighttime colic. And, you know, come to find out after reading more about um, sleep help, that they were just overly tired and they had to cry. Um, I had no idea. I was of that mindset that you could tell if your baby needed a nap um, and didn't have a schedule and, uh, and I paid for it. So when Katie um, had a schedule with her first, uh, I was all for it. I thought it made great sense. But then to your point about twins, she got very serious when the twins came. And I just, I was lucky enough to have lost my job at that point and was with her while she was on maternity leave and saw firsthand how wonderful having a schedule is for, for little ones. Um, and it was so much easier to manage having two because we she fed them at certain times of the day. They napped at certain times of the day. And honestly, you know, the old school in me when they would cry uh, would want to, you know, run to their bedroom and pick them up. And Dan would look at me, her husband, and say, don't you do it. Uh, and, and I would understand. Um, you know, we would laugh about it. But I, I totally got that you have to let them figure out how to put themselves to sleep. And, and it, that it is, worked beautifully. And usually that was fussing for just a minute or two, and they'd often fall back to sleep in the middle of their nap. You know, they were fine. And, you know, to your question earlier about what did friends think or family think, I remember my dad visiting one time, and he said, you just lay them down, and you, that's it? You walk away? I was like, yes, that's it, because we put them down awake or drowsy from a really young age, and they learn how to fall asleep on their own. They, the twins never even went through a four-month sleep regression. It's so great. And it's so crazy. Like the point about the fussing, the mild, like, oop, just a little like blip in the radar, right. Of making a little noise, uh, you know, as moms were in tune to that, but I feel like, especially in the early 
early beginnings, grandparents are like, you just turn that dial up more. Like they're way more tuned into it. And even uh, my, my dad is the one in our family who's like the baby person, like just loves babies, wants to hold them, wants to do all the things. And we lived with my parents when my youngest was a baby for the first few months. And anytime I was like, all right, I'm going to go put her down for a nap. Oh, can I just rock her? And he would be, he would laugh at saying sarcastically, you know, he knew what I did, but it really was like, do you really have to go do that? You know, do you really? And to your point, Katie, of like, yes, I do. Because if not, then it's, you don't want to be around later, that type of thing. And that, that's sometimes I think for the families that I encounter and I work with that maybe they are. Um, like, like Lou was saying, they're very blessed to be able to have grandparents there with them. Uh, what kind of, and if you can remember, what kind of dynamic did you guys have to like communicate amongst each other? Like, you know, Katie, you're the mom and Lou is the grandmom and, and Katie's going to say, this is what we do. Because I think that sometimes for, especially a new mom is like this new thing where they're trying to uh, get into like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm taking as an example, Becca's newborn course, and this is what I want to do. But like, my mom's here to help me and I want to respect her. What would be some advice for, for you to give these, this dynamic of a mom and her mom and the babies in that situation? You know, I would we, love to take that first. Yeah, I was actually going to say, I think my mom should answer that question first, because she did a really <laughs> great job of, of finding um, a good balance and, and really let me take the lead. Well, I would say that a, a good mom needs to be confident. A good mom knows her own children. She, she will know what is best for her family. And as the grandmom, I need to step back and go with that plan unless she asks me for advice. I, I don't know that I've ever, or I try not to, offer advice in for child rearing, unless I'm asked, hey, what do you think about the situation? But Katie had a sleep consultant come in with the twins and gave her an excellent basis from which she just kept on going. And I went with the flow and I, and it worked. So this, that's the advice I would have for mothers of young children is seek advice from the experts but go with what you know is right for you. It is your family. It is your baby. It is your life. And she, she's not just, that's not just lip service. That is how, how the dynamic worked. I mean, if, if I felt like I really wanted to do something, she would just say, okay. And I bet if, if I wanted to do something that was unsafe, she would have spoken up, of course, but with the sleep plan I wanted to have and following the sleep consultants, advice. My mom was incredibly supportive. Um, and also, um, she went above and beyond not just saying, sure, I'll respect this advice. But if we were doing shifts in the night and decided, you know, at this point, they need to be fed this often. Mom said, I will take from midnight to 4am. So I would do the first shift, she might do the second, my husband would do the third. And she truly was in the trenches following along with what what we what we wanted to do which was incredibly incredible and also incredibly selfless and generous oh my gosh what an amazing wow. yeah testament of teamwork all together and that's so rare i mean what an amazing uh, network that you guys built 
Well, I thought we were close before that, um, <laughs> but it, we we definitely bonded over those few months. Um, the not only me with my grandchildren, but Katie and I became a lot closer too. You know, Becca, people would ask us, how do you have time to do all this stuff when you're on maternity leave with twins? But it was because of the plan. You know, yes. know that we had an hour and a half long block where we could brainstorm or have a phone meeting with somebody. So we really got a tremendous amount of work done on the company that we were building with newborns. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's squeezing a shark tank episode in there, too. <laughs> that's right we watched in tv really, yeah mm -hmm. <laughs> oh as every newborn stage is usually full of yes <laughs> and i think there was there was a nugget in there that you know i i can hear and i can remember oh my gosh i have so many stories of um you know grandparents who were so against what the families were going through but they weren't there in the trenches with them you know it was maybe they would take the baby or have the baby for a little, small window of the day and then that was it and then okay i'm i'm headed back to my house which is you know that's always the joke is like oh you know i get to hold the baby rock the baby but then pass the baby on um but there is something to be said <laughs> about you know if, if you're struggling with that if someone's listening struggling with yeah but my 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 uh, grandparent or you know maybe a friend will help but it's very temporary then maybe step in to ask Phil, maybe help a little bit more and to be able to see a fuller picture or to have an open discussion about what that's like yeah, the, um, specific ways that you can help like if, if you're wanting to help, these are chores that you could help with, and then I need you to be supportive of my plan. And to my mom's point about how times have changed, think about how many things are different than they were 35, 40 years ago. I mean, the way car seats were designed, um, putting rice in, in bottles at three months old. So it's only fair that we would know more now about the way that newborn and baby brains work and that there may be a different way, a better way to do things. Yes, imagine that. <laughs> mm -hmm. But Becca, I have spoken with so many mothers and dads with twins, and they are amazed that not only did we have time to develop slumber pod during her maternity leave, but that Katie went back to work when her, little, her babies were three, three or three and a half months old, Katie. They were about three and a half months old. Yeah, and and never really skipped a beat. And it's because they were on a schedule. I'm, a people part. are amazed at that. They're like, oh, my, my wife had to quit work, and, and she was home for two years because she could never leave the house. Um, but when you have babies that are on different schedules, that's all you do. Yeah, or who are up a ton of times in the night. I was not exaggerating when I told somebody that in our kids first two years of life between four months and two years I could count the number of times I went in their room overnight on one hand and even one of the times they got the stomach bug and we wiped them off with the lights on they said night night mama and they went back to bed yes that's so crazy I know it's you know and I think that um one really cool part of having a plan is that going back to Lou's point is that you can be confident and for a brand new mom 
that's something that you just, you don't bring home with you. Um, you don't bring confidence home with that very first kid, but when you mm-hmm. are able to be like, this is what I'm going to do. And this is the plan that confidence naturally rubs off to everybody around you that up, oh, obviously you've got a plan and you know what you're doing. And uh, even in our newborn course program, because I struggled with this with my first, I didn't know how to ask for help. Um, so we have a whole section on things that you can ask other people to do, you know, like, Hey, go replenish the diapers, go, uh, get the swaddles ready or whatever it is. There's other things that people can do besides the number one thing everybody wants to do is come, you know, hold the baby, rock the baby, all those things, which yes, can be done for newborns, but having that confidence, especially in knowing that there are going to be certain times, maybe you're going to try for crib naps, or you're going to do the crib nap, or you're going to have these awake windows. It's all, it just all means confidence. And that starts with the newborn, but even if you're listening to this with an older kiddo and you're about to start a plan, have having confidence in that. And that was really like the point, the biggest point of, of the article that uh, I wrote for you guys on the disagreement with family is that when you do have a plan, that just, it naturally rubs off. That that's, that's just the biggest thing. You had so many great points in that blog post. One of my favorites was about finding who you can vent to or finding your tribe. And there are so many groups out there, including ones that you're part of and lead um, communities of people who also believe in having structured plans for your baby uh, and their sleep schedules. And those are great places to lean on when you have questions, need advice, want to vent about how your aunt or your uncle came over and, you know, um, totally blindsided you with rude comments about what you're doing and how you're parenting. It's so true. And that's, it's, it's so good that we can have those outlets now. And you just, I don't, I hadn't even thought about this until you just said it. I'm like, Oh yes. And our, um, on our sleep society membership, I need to open up a topic board that says vent here as we get close to Christmas and people, people can drop that because it is, um, it is something that you can feel so isolated. So maybe you don't have friends who have babies uh, or have a plan and they're not, but if you, if you can find someone, you can be like, Oh, just, just support me on this day. Uh, just be ready to accept my texts and send me gifts back or high fives or whatever, because, Oh yeah, those, those times can be tough. We were well, not everybody is going to agree with your plan and just being able to let those comments, even if you do want to take them to heart, don't let them just roll off your back. Mm-hmm. You, you know what's best. The upsides. Yeah. Yeah. Because who's going to be with that kid that night when they're going to sleep? That's right. You are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Becca, you saying that reminded me in a group I'm in, someone was saying, a girlfriend of mine invited me and my child over in the middle of the day and it's during my child's nap time. And I feel like this friend is going to roll her eyes and think I'm ridiculous, but I really want to bring my pack and play sound machine monitor slumber pod. Is that over the top? And of course I'm biased because we um, are co-founders of slumber pod, but my point was do whatever it takes because your friend is going to get more of your adult time if your child is able to take a successful nap. So if that setup takes five minutes to assemble, but it gets you an hour more of nap time, which is good for your conversation, but also good for your child and their development and staying on schedule, then everyone wins. 
Yes. High five. It's so true. Yes. It doesn't matter. And, mm-hmm. and they, they may eye roll when you say you're going to do it, but then when you are able to like, look them, look them in the eye, have a conversation, spend quality time, like they're going to retract everything that they were possibly thinking. And it's yeah. Oh yeah. That is so true. So getting into slumber pot, here's where I kind of wanted to kind of leave with an end with, um, the the notion and I've I've talked to people before about slumber pot. I mean I talk about it all the time. Um, but when I'm telling families about, hey, you know, this is a great option for you getting ready to room share, or you're gonna travel or whatever it is that you're gonna need the slumber pod for, there does seem, and it's so interesting to me that there's like pushback on like, ooh, I think that's like, you know, I don't need to be extra on that. You know, I don't need to, I don't need to go that over the top. But to your point exactly, it kind of ties in this whole discussion. It's like but you know that when you have this, you can feel the confidence that your child is going to maintain that schedule that you work so hard for. You don't have to go on vacation and live in fear that everything is thrown out the window. It's just, yeah. I mean, I, I, we I, hear yeah. that. We hear that every day. Slumber pot has given me the confidence to, to not have anxiety to travel um, all the time. And And it's just so wonderful that a solution that we came up so that Katie could come visit me and her other family members and not have this problem um, is, is working for other people too. It, It makes us really happy to, to help families feel more confident and liberated. Exactly. Cause I mean, what, what's a trip or a vacation if you're sleep deprived and you're upset? I mean, you're, you're, you're thinking about all kinds of things that aren't having fun and making memories and you're maybe even going to not want to travel for the next holiday Mm -hmm. and you're just punishing yourself and it doesn't have to be like that. No, it doesn't. And it's not really extra. I, I hope people get to be where it's just that slumber pot is just one of the things that you take. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of our customers say it's the first thing they take. It's the first thing they pack. Right. Um, So yeah, get in that mindset that it just helps you to take your sleep training on the road. Just like your noise machine. I mean, you wouldn't, you wouldn't not bring your white noise. So why not also bring that dark room with you? Because if you're in a room that doesn't have good, curtains or blinds or where you're going to be room sharing, you're not giving your baby the same environment they have at home. So this is the next closest thing. Oh my gosh. Yes. And you know, it, it definitely to me, and I, I, I had this conversation with um, a physical therapist about, of course, the world of products. There are so many other products that have brainwashed us into thinking like, Oh, I've got to have this $200 lounger. Like, no, you don't. You know, there are things that we have like come to find that we think that that's what we need, but it's not. But when we get down to the basics of, of sleep and making sure that your sleep environment is exactly what you need. Yes. And there is absolutely all the confidence in the world to know that you've spent money on a vacation or you've spent money to go visit family. You've invested your finances. You've invested your time. Uh, in all of this to go on vacation, sleep well, enjoy it, and and remember it. And we're often reminding prospective customers that this isn't a product that you buy and use for only six months. 
because it fits a pack and play inside, but it also fits a toddler cot and several inflatable mattress options. So you could use it for years. It's, you know, we, we buy some, I mean, you buy an extra saucer for $70 or $100 that your baby uses for months, you know, just a few, few minutes a day. So this is, this is something that can be used for years and years. And to your point, helps with your sanity because sleep is so critical. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yes. And I, and I'm with you guys too, kind of coming back to the point of wanting, you know, the slumber pod to be just like, Oh, this is just what we're packing. We've got the monitor, the white noise, the slumber pod. I mean, to me, that's duh, it is in the world of sleep consulting. I I'm so hoping that yes, at the, at the same rate, sleep consulting is just the same as, Oh, well, I have a lactation consultant. So I'm going to get a sleep consultant. Oh, I have a doula. So I'm going to get a sleep right. consultant. It's all these same. And it's like, thank goodness we live in a world where there are so many tools and resources to help. And thank you guys for being part of that. I think this is just a movement that's, it's really so powerful for people to have resources to just improve their life. I think it's so important. Make sleep a thing. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are so helping do that. It's awesome. Oh, thank you guys for being a part of this. I appreciate your time. Oh, thank you, Becca. Thanks for having us. It's always a pleasure. Yeah, always fun to talk to you. Katie and Lou, thank you so much for joining me. If you are interested in grabbing a slumber pod and you're listening to this today on December 19th or maybe the 20th, you can still get it in time for Christmas. On Amazon, they have two-day shipping. You can use the link in the show notes to grab that. That's actually my affiliate code, which I always appreciate. The very tiny little kickback that I get for talking about Uh, Amazon products. The other link you can see is through SlumberPod. And depending on where you live, they can actually do two-day shipping through their website while using the code LittleZSleep10 to save $10. That code can't be applied to Amazon, but you can use it on the SlumberPod website. Thanks again so much, Katie and Lou, for being here. I hope that everybody, you have a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Enjoy the holiday season with your family. Stay well-rested, sweet dreams, and I will see you in 2020. Bye, y'all.